Greetings, friends. This is the Global Missions, Inc. podcast. Today, we're going to hear an article written by Brother Marcus Hansen. If you'd like more information about the moving of God's Spirit, please email us at info at globalmissionsinc.org. God bless. The title for this message is, Believest Thou This? To believe or not to believe, therein lies the difference between experiencing God's promises or not. The word believe means to take as true or real, or to have confidence in a statement or a promise of another person, or to have faith. It is important to recognize the conditions which lead to an unbelieving heart so that we can do something about it. Wanting proof doubt, human reasoning, questioning, limiting God's doctrine, and instability are all areas which contribute to the condition of an unbelieving heart. Let us examine each of them in turn. We'll begin with doubt. The word doubt means to be uncertain about something or showing a wavering of opinion or belief. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, The wind ceased, Matthew 14, verses 25 to 32. Why did Peter doubt? Because his attention was diverted when he took his eyes off Jesus. The little faith which Peter had allowed him to get out of the boat and walk on the water, but it began to evaporate when he saw the wind churning up the waters. By looking at the heavy seas, the faith in his heart was replaced by uncertainty and doubt, allowing the laws of nature to take over as he began to sink. You cannot have total faith in God's promises and doubt at the same time, because unwavering faith leaves no room for doubt. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, You shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Matthew 21, 21. When a situation arises in which our faith in God is tested, the first thing the enemy of our soul will do is put a thought of doubt into our heart. 
we have a choice of rejecting the doubt and believing God or letting the thoughts of doubt increase. It is our choice. If we do the latter, then we will begin to question the validity of the statement and want proof or a sign from God. The Lord God Almighty wants us to know that it is our choice. We can choose to ignore the thoughts of doubt and say to the devil, Get thee behind me, Satan. If we struggle with doubt, we can say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Mark 9.24 <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is the answer. Do not succumb to the thoughts of doubt, but ask for help to overcome them. B. Wanting proof. As Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife, well stricken in years, and the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, you shall be dumb, and not be able to speak until the day that these things be performed, because you believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Luke 1, 18 to 20. Here we have the story of Zacharias and his wife. They were childless and had been praying for a child for a long time. And it was while Zacharias was in the temple serving the Lord that God sent his angel, Gabriel, to tell him that they were going to have a son. When Gabriel told Zacharias that they were going to have a child, he had that moment the opportunity to believe or disbelieve the words of Gabriel. However, before he was willing to believe, he wanted proof or a sign. <laughs> Aren't we just like Zacharias? Fortunately, God is very gracious, and he did not withhold the promise from Zacharias and his wife, but he did deal with them. And because of his unbelief, God caused the mouth of Zacharias to be stopped so that he could not speak until the day the promise was fulfilled. God gave Zacharias a sign, but how much better it would have been if he had believed God from the beginning. Jesus, in his ministry, was constantly faced with those who wanted proof of what, who he was. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would like to sign from ye. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation looks for a sign, and there shall be no sign given but the sign of the prophet Jonas, Matthew twelve thirty-eight and 39. And in John four forty-eight, Jesus said unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. In the spiritual realm, seeing is not believing. When we consider all the signs and wonders which Jesus wrought before the eyes of so many witnesses, we can't help wonder why it was so few believed that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. Have you ever wondered that? Why the people who witnessed all of the wonderful signs that he did could not believe. Hebrews 11.16 gives us a hint, but without faith it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The opposite of this word, verse, would be, if you doubt, it is impossible to please God, for you cannot approach God with an unbelieving heart, questioning if he is God and being uncertain whether he will reward you if you really seek him with all your heart. Human reasoning. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1 and 22. One of the problems Paul dealt with in his ministry to the Greeks is they enjoyed debating and reasoning out new ideas. Greece is generally considered the birthplace of philosophy. Philosophers believe in the power of the human mind, reasoning and thought. By the process of debate, they attempt to come to a conclusion or consensus of thinking. And Paul, when he was in Greece, was faced by the philosophers of the day. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans, of the Stoics, encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others said, He seems to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took and brought him to Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine, whereof thou speakest, is? For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athesians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else, but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Acts 17, verses 18 to 21. In this age, it is no different. Our schools and universities' teachings are structured around developing the human mind and ego. No more is there room for God. Jesus is treated as a historical figure who lived 2,000 years ago. Thus, we have a generation of people who know not God and his ways. First Corinthians 2 and 14 says, But the natural mind receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned or spiritually understood or recognized, you might say, that they are holy. Developing the human mind will not cause you to know God unless the mind is enlightened by the Holy Spirit. It will always oppose God's ways, therefore disbelieving what God says. The religious leaders questioned Jesus on many occasions and none could refute his answers, yet they did not believe in him. In the 22nd chapter of Matthew, you can read how the Pharisees tried to trick Jesus into answering questions in such a way that they could use his answers against him. It was to no avail, verse 22. When they had heard these words, to no avail. Verse 22. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Verse 36. And no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. 
Though the Pharisees had to admit that this man Jesus was wiser than the most brilliant scholar, yet their human mind was unable to comprehend that Jesus was the Son of God. The carnal mind, the human mind, even though capable of brilliant thinking, does not have the capacity to comprehend who Christ is, yet alone to believe in him. Only by faith is this possible. And now turn to the problem of questioning in Genesis 3 and 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? We must be very cognizant of this area in our lives because of government mismanagement, unscrupulous employers, professionals who abuse their privileges, etc. The masses of society have been conditioned to question those who are in authority over them. So we have a nation of people who question everything. We really cannot blame them either. We must not allow a questioning attitude to creep into our hearts to the point that we begin to question God's authority or those whom God has set in authority over us. That is exactly what the servant, the devil, did. He put a question in Eve's mind. Hath God said, or did God really mean what he said? Eve, do you really think God meant that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? Have you ever questioned God? How often do we say the same thing when we are asked to do something? Did mom and dad really mean that we shouldn't go to the river to swim after school? The order that God has established is children obey your parents. Wives submit to your husbands. To the general congregation, submit to your local elders and deacons. Local elders and deacons submit to the traveling ministries and deacons. Through this, we submit ourselves to Christ. When we begin to question this order, we rob ourselves of God's blessings, his peace, and his many promises. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not also spoken by us? And the Lord heard it. Numbers 12, verses 1 and 2. Questioning God's authority is something we should always avoid. If you read further in the above-mentioned scripture, you'll see that God dealt harshly with Miriam for questioning his authority. Do not think for a moment that God does not hear us when we question those whom he has set in authority over us. It is a very dangerous practice which has caused many to lose their way and forfeit their right to enter into the fullness of their inheritance. Limiting Doctrine Second John 19-21 to And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary still sat in the house. Then said Martha to Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. In this chapter, we see that faith that Martha had 
concerning Christ's ability to raise her brother from the dead was limited. She said, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus believed that if Jesus had come sooner, he could have prayed for her brother Lazarus and he would have healed him and raised him. But raising Lazarus from the dead was not something that she was willing to accept. Her doctrinal belief stood in the way. It limited her ability to believe. When Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day, verses 23 and 24. She stated here her fundamental doctrinal belief. And even after Jesus told Martha that he was the resurrection and life, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this, he asked? She avoided the question by stating her fundamental faith in her creed. She said unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which had come into the world. The multiplicity of doctrinal beliefs is one of the reasons there are so many religious organizations in the world today. God is eternally progressive. Since the time that Adam and Eve sinned and fell from God, God in his infinite love and wisdom has been in the process of restoring that which was fallen back into himself. Some may think that God has not been very successful in his plan, but it is man that has failed to go on to higher heights in Christ Jesus. Today, there are many who believe in being born again, but do not believe on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is because their doctrine prohibits them from believing it. There are numerous examples of men's teachings that have limited many from going on with God. So let us be aware, lest this happen to us. Let us lay aside man's teachings and recognize the channel through which God established his truths. God in these end times has reestablished his order for the church and he has set in place the fivefold ministry who are responsible for laying the foundation. If we follow in their footsteps and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, we'll through these brethren, then limiting doctrine will not hinder our growth in Christ. Please see Ephesians 4, 11-16. Instability. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, James 1 and 8. And this is a picture of someone who has not built his life on a sure foundation, always drifting from one mating place to another, not wanting to commit or submit to authority? What happens when trouble and adversity comes? Where do they turn then? What can they really believe? First Kings 18 and 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. In this instance, Elijah wanted them to make up their minds. Chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? 
Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floods rose and the stream beat violently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat violently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. And then we find in Second Peter chapter 3 that Peter is asking us to be steadfast, We'll read verses 14 to 18. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, or add your own faithfulness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. God's desire is that we should be well established in the faith and be strong like pillars that hold up a building. I am sure that you have met people like that. They are solid in their belief, unwavering, reliable, and above all, their faith is strong. Let us emulate those people, those whom we look up to, and keep our faith in Christ. Praise the Lord. What a delight to have friends like that amongst us, in the church and in our families. We can all be like that if we have the desire. And up to this point, we have considered some of the causes of unbelief. How often does this condition of the heart prevent us from receiving all that God has for us? When we do not believe something, it is because we doubt or question the validity of it. We have no confidence in what was said. This lack of confidence is because we do not know the source well enough to have faith to believe. I remember when our children were two years old about, we could stand in a swimming pool and placing them on the edge, we would back away from them and say, jump. And without hesitation, they would jump into our outstretched arms. They trusted us implicitly and knew we would catch them. They did not doubt or question what we said. They did not doubt us because they had learned from a very young age that they could trust us. They had confidence in us. We had asked them to do many things, and because we had not done anything to break that trust, they knew we could catch them when we asked them to jump. A stranger may have tried this same thing with our children, but because they did not know them, they would have been hesitant. They may have doubted whether the stranger would catch them and therefore refuse to jump. 
It is one thing to know about someone, but an entirely different thing to know someone. This is certainly true of God. Many know about God. Many believe that God exists. But because they do not know him, they have no confidence that God will help them in their time of need. There are many who believe that Jesus was the Son of God, but do not necessarily believe in him. It is because they do not have the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They do not have a personal experience of knowing him. When you tell them that Jesus can heal someone who is sick, they doubt or even totally disbelieve what you say because they do not know Jesus as their personal Savior, thus they have no faith in him. How important it is for us to have a very close personal relationship with Jesus. The brethren have often admonished us to seek the healer, not the healing. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, from Matthew eleven twenty-eight. In other words, if you are seeking rest for your soul, go to Jesus. Do not try to find it in yourself. Strive to know Jesus, the giver of life eternal, and then your doubts, your fears, and your unbelief will vanish. Praise the Lord. Because of the prosperity we enjoy in our country, there is a tendency to lean on our own abilities instead of trusting God. There's never been a time when jobs pay as much as they do today. Medical science has extended our life expectancy by providing medicine to help when we are sick. Has this caused us to put more faith in the works of man than in God? Do we have more faith in what we find on the web than we do in the sayings of Jesus and in his word? The educational system and media have been bombarding us with sayings like, just do it, or you can do anything you put your mind to do. Also, you have your rights, etc., etc. Question. Are slogans like this causing us to question our trust in God? Maybe it's time we began to turn our thinking around. Why not doubt what the doctors say and trust God? When the doctor says, yes, you have such and such and it will take six months to recover, why not doubt what he says and believe God for a quick recovery? Call for the elders to pray and anoint you with oil, and then believe God, that God will heal you, and give you a quick recovery. Why not? Consider this scripture found in Exodus fifteen twenty six. If thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do what is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commands, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord God that healeth thee. Let us believe it. Let us believe it. When the economists and the government officials predict gloom and doom about the future, let us doubt what they say and instead believe God. I take such comfort in this scripture found in Philippians 4.19. 
but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I like to turn it around and says, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now is the time to stand firm on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and have faith in what we have learned and have been taught. Hallelujah. Let us be reminded of what the Apostle Thomas said. Because he did not believe that Jesus was risen from the dead, even though his fellow disciples had seen him physically. Thomas wanted a sign. He wanted to see the nail-scarred hands of Jesus and touch him and feel the scars in his side before he would believe. After Jesus appeared, he said to Thomas, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me and yet believe. John twenty twenty nine. Have faith, trust, and believe. That is what God is looking for in his people. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith, Romans 1 and 17. I will close with three more scriptures taken from the New King James Version. The first being from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 5 and 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Amen? 11th chapter of Hebrews, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. May the Holy Spirit help us guard against any sign of doubt or unbelief from creeping into our heart. Let us always be willing to receive new revelations so that God will not discard us for a people that will believe. Strive to be pillars in the church of the living God so that we can enjoy all of God's promises to us. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for opening our hearts to believe that you sent your Son to be our Savior, to forgive us of our sins, to wipe away our past, and to live for you eternally. Help us not to doubt or question or limit the promises that you have made for us. Help us, O Lord, to have faith in you. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you so much for what you have done and what you are doing for us in this day and this hour that we live. Amen. God bless you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Missions, Inc. podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.